Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and you are listening to episode 106 of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot do any episode without thanking you all for listening and my usual note of gratitude. So out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I really, really appreciate that. As y'all know, I am working remotely. I'm currently in um, Atlanta visiting some family and um, just recalibrating, resetting. It's nothing like going back to a um, primary home in order to uh, just kind of stop for a while, you know, and I'll explain what I mean by that later on in the episode. Um, There is no production. There is no cute uh, theme music, no effects this time. I actually kind of just did this off the cuff. Um, I did not um, plan on doing an episode this week, but I said, you know what? I don't want to make all of my episodes. um, I don't want to make one episode the entire October episode, which was about a topic that was pretty heavy, which was domestic violence awareness. So I said, you know what, let me do something different. Not to mention, I've had a couple of epiphanies in the past eight, nine, 10 days I've been here. So I wanted to share that with you all. And I'm pretty sure some more lessons will be coming um, as as I continue to finish out my trip and then get back home and process and things of that nature. So we will be going into this episode's sponsorship and I will get back to y'all as soon as we pay these bills. So episode 106 of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast is brought to you by Spiritual Homegirl. Spiritual Homegirl is a brand that focuses on bettering self and spirit to empower community from a homegirl just like you perspective. The goal is not to be your guru, but to be help you become your own guru. Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, has been running Spiritual Homegirl since 2016. She's a certified meditation teacher, certified life coach, certified mental health first aid, certified community counseling, as well as... Um, holding a certification in aromatherapy, as well as studying to become a licensed therapist. Maria, the spiritual homegirl, believes that everyone has the power of choice to better themselves. If only we knew our power, how powerful we actually could be. And we achieve this and help people understand this through various channels and methods. If it isn't puzzle books, workbooks, it's coaching and counseling. It's aromatherapy products, it's spiritually expressive clothing, as well as meditation guides. If you'd like to work with Maria, you can do so through various ways. Maria has a Patreon. If you would like to invest $7 a month, for the uh, mo- the most general tier, you can also participate in our sun sign challenges where we encourage people to change their lives incrementally by using the energy of the zodiac in the sun sign um, that the sign is in during each season. So we're about to get ready to start our Scorpio challenge. So if you'd like to sign up, you can do so at the link in the show notes at uh, patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl. Or if you'd like to work with her on a deeper level in terms of personal uh, coaching and counseling and development, you can do so at maria at spiritualhomegirl.com. Okay, so I had to add a little tiny bit of music. I mean, that just would have been really weird for me to do the sponsorship with zero music. Okay, so let's get into um, this this week's episode. So a lesson I've learned, one of the big lessons I've learned while being um, away from the city is that time really is is a, uh, people say it's a construct. It doesn't exist. Um, and I actually agree with that. And the reason why is because perception of time really depends on the person and the experience and where they are. For instance, um, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram, but I said that I've noticed because I hadn't been home in like 11 months um, until recently. And what I noticed is that one day in Los Angeles is like five Atlanta days. And then one Los Angeles day is like nine days in the deep country, meaning areas outside of Atlanta. And I realized how slow the country is. 
And it made me realize that sometimes you got to get off the roller coaster to admire the rest of the park. L.A. is a big, 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 beautiful, sunshine-filled roller coaster. Lots of stuff goes on in L.A. A lot of stuff. And um, sometimes you're adjusting to the hustle and bustle of so many things to do, so many opportunities that can pop up that you forget to get off the ride. And it was definitely beautiful to get off the ride for once and to look at the rest of the park. I really enjoy my time right now, slowing down and making sure that I'm able to recalibrate and refocus and recenter, which leads to my next lesson of sometimes you have to get off the ride. It's beautiful. Sometimes, you know, you can get off the ride, but sometimes that's an absolute necessity because if you're not able to get off the ride, you'll risk burning out. And then you'll resent the fact that you're on the ride to begin with. You'll resent everybody associated with the ride. You'll resent the ride even existing. You'll resent yourself for choosing to get on the ride. So sometimes it's a choice and sometimes it's a mandate. It's a directive. You have to do it. And for me, um, I, I kind of viewed my, well, actually it was both. I knew I had to get out of LA to go back home because it had been so long. But then once I went back home, I began to kind of, like I said, once I got off the ride, I started to walk around. I was like, you know what? This was good. I'm I'm okay with my decision. I'm okay with treating it as a directive because this was something that can definitely help better me in terms of my mental health, energetic, spiritual health, as well as physical health because um, LA's air quality is not the best. Um, and where I am here, air quality is good all day, every day. I could breathe in the air and in pine trees and oak trees and and just really give my lungs a break. Um, and there's not much small compared to L.A. So I'm really happy with my decision to get off the ride, um, even if it's for a few weeks. Um, the next lesson I learned was sometimes we put, we put extras on shit that don't need to be extra. For instance, if you subscribe to Tribe Letter, and if you have not subscribed to Tribe Letter, I will leave the link to that in my show notes as well. But sometimes we put extras on stuff and make things bigger than what they are. Now, some things require that type of energy. Um, social justice issues require that energy. Um, as we see what's going on in Nigeria with SARS, in SARS, please. Um, if you haven't done your research on that, definitely do so. But sometimes when it comes to our own lives, sometimes we automatically assume the worst and it may not even be that. I'm going to tell y'all a quick story. If you did not follow a uh, tribe letter, if, if you didn't open this week's tribe letter that came out on Monday, it was a form of a of a private video where I explain what happened. But let me pay one more bill and I'll explain it to you in just a moment. So for those that don't know, I'm a pretty active woman, right? I love to get out and be active and I like to run and rock and and jump and do things like that. So I was in really, really good shape um, this, this past six months or so. So when the fire hit California, the air quality was so bad. You could not see the sun. There was ash all over the cars. It was really unhealthy air quality. Like it's one thing for it to be unhealthy for sensitive groups, but it was unhealthy for everybody. So when I saw that notification, I said, you know, I'm going to stay in the house. I'm not going to really go outside unless it's absolutely necessary. I don't want to put my lungs at risk. So I am just going to sit in the house for two weeks. I did light stuff in the house. I didn't necessarily uh, run super hard like I normally would. So after two weeks, I went back to doing my thing. Like I never left. Um, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm getting myself together. Not realizing that I was putting my Achilles tendon at risk. So I noticed that the week before I flew out to come here, when I would sit for a while and get up, my legs would hurt really bad. Like it would hurt to stand. 
So I was like, this is odd. Like, I've never had this happen before. So as time continues to pass, as I noticed that it's still a, a nagging issue, but I was still managing it. It wasn't like, it was annoying, but it wasn't like painful, painful. So when I sat on that hour or four hour flight, I had to adjust, sorry, I had to sit up. But um, when I sat on that flight for four hours from LA to Atlanta, I didn't notice how bad my uh, legs were hurting until I stood up. And when I would walk, it would fade away, but it still would hurt anytime I sat down. So if I sat down and talked with my family, if I sat down to eat food, um, I would get up and it would hurt really bad. So I was kind of getting concerned um, because it had been almost three weeks by this point. So um, I was advised by a medical professional that I know um, to go ahead and go to the ER, not the ER, the um urgent care to get ultrasound on my leg and to check for varicose veins. Okay, cool. But the problem is here in Georgia, there are literally zero urgent cares that do um, ultrasounds. So I said, damn it, I got to go to the ER. I personally didn't want to go to the hospital because I was not into visiting hospitals right now because COVID-19. Not to mention, I don't trust hospitals like that. Um, I seen my sister uh, passed away from lung cancer in the hospital around this time of year. So it's a touchy, it's kind of touchy. It's not to where it ruins my life, but it's just kind of like, I just, that created my distrust in, um, in Western medicine and ultimately got me further into the journey with herbs and things of that nature, because I just, I just felt like there was a way that it could have been, my sister could have been helped. So, um, so that was one thing. And then another thing is, like I said, you know, it's COVID time. I'm not really trying to be in a hospital like that, uh, you know. So I felt the way. So um, I was telling them, hey, I think I get an ultrasound. Woo, woo, woo. They do an ultrasound on my entire leg from groin to foot, basically. And um, I sat for a minute and I was kind of nervous. And the woman came in and said, here are your discharge papers. And I'm thinking in my head, discharge, I'm leaving? She's like, yeah, you just tore your uh, Achilles tendon. You got to follow with orthopedics. So I was really nervous because I thought I had a potential of blood clots. And the reason why I thought this is because I was already feeling away because I did not know the answer to what was going on. And then Google was trying to say, you know, when you try to Google your symptoms, you know, and I should have never did that to begin with. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? But I was just trying to Google to see what the possibilities were. And it kept pointing to all of these vein and blood issues. And I was like, I'm not finna accept this. Before I went to the hospital, I was like, I'm not accepting this. Like, I cannot, this this don't even sound right. I'm not, I'm too young for these type of issues. Number one, I live a relatively healthier lifestyle than most. So I don't, I don't see this as a possibility for me. So I wasn't receiving that when I, when I Googled this stuff. I said, no, this is bullshit. I'm not accepting this. So then I talked to my father. My father said, no fear. Remember, have faith, but be, but act, act, don't have fear. Um, Because when you have fear, you succumb to your your feelings and then it kind of makes you less likely to do something. So I took his advice and I was like, you know what? This don't make sense. I drank some tea. Um, I drank some tea with some herbs to uh, work on inflammation. And that what I used was a mix of ginger, garlic and turmeric. Just to let y'all know, it does not taste the best, but that's what I did. There's many things I kind of do just to um, get the benefit of the herb but I always make sure I make a tea out of it so I drank that and calmed my nerves and was like man he's right like I'm not tripping so when I went in there I was hoping for the best 
not preparing for the worst. I just, that was, I know some people say, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I couldn't even include that, that second part in there. I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to prepare for the best and prepare for the best and prepare for the best and pray for the best and feel the best. Because I'm not finna sit there and accept no possibility of no bullshit. I'm not, I'm not even finna put that in my mind frame to even think that that's a possibility. So I was really happy. I was so happy that I didn't have any blood clots. I cried um, because I do know that faith um, works. And I do, I have seen so many instances of people that have been able to change their lives through um, spiritual holistic means. And it just kind of reminded me of a lot of times where I've heard of miracles happening through um, the power of faith and the power of acting and not having fear, whether it's the shrinkage of tumors or whether it's um, the ability to heal from cancer or or whether it's the ability to heal their body without needing surgery. Like that was just a reminder of, I guess I'm going to be on this path to to get it done holistically. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, in all fairness, my Achilles tendon did not snap or pop. It tore. Um, so I'm really grateful to not be that bad off when it comes to my leg. But at the same time, I think I'm going to document my journey in terms of how I healed it holistically, just so people can know that it is possible. So this was a blessing in disguise. There's a blessing in the, in the pain. Not, I mean, now some people may say, fuck that. No, there's pain and there was no blessing in that. I'm not talking for everybody when I say this, but in this particular situation, I definitely had a blessing within my pain. Um, and sometimes it does happen that way. For some people, they might not agree. That's fine. But for me, I've always found a lesson in my pain. Always. Um, and sometimes that lesson has not always been the prettiest of, of, of pictures. But there was something I've learned from every experience I've had. So like I said, my lesson was no motherfucking fear. Act. Have faith. And prepare for the best. Imagine the best, visualize the best, manifest the best, and um, holistically find ways to heal yourself. So I'll be doing some yoga, some stretching for the next few months. <laughs> I can't do no running like I used to, not right now. But um, but yeah, that's a lesson in this particular situation. I know sometimes people try to make what they've gone through a general rule of thumb. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying in my particular situation, this worked. So I'm grateful that it did. Another lesson that I learned is um, different places serve me in different uh, different arenas and in different ways. And some of you may feel me on this. What I've noticed is that certain places serve different purposes in my life. And they make me feel a certain way based on what's going on. So, for instance, L.A. is like, I used to always crack jokes and say, I'm in love with Atlanta, but I'm having a love affair with Los Angeles. Los Angeles is my side piece. I used to crack jokes like that 10 years ago when I used to visit L.A., as I got older, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm kind of in love with two different cities. I'm going to have to choose one. And then ultimately, I chose L.A. I said, I'm going to be with L.A. now. So <laughs> that's how I, how, I, how I imagine my move to L.A. But the thing about L.A. is that L.A. excites me. L.A. is so many opportunities. It's like endless possibilities, infinite possibilities. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel a way to where I feel inspired every day, every day. When I go back home, back home is like recalibrate, recenter, right? And, and slow down, recalibrate. And Atlanta represents opportunities that have allowed me to get to LA. So it's almost like a moment of like gratefulness. Like, oh, I'm so happy that I'm able to be here because if it wasn't for the place that I cut my teeth at, I wouldn't have been able to get to LA. So it makes me feel good to be here. But when I go to the Virgin Islands and I stay on them ancestral waters, it's a difference of I go deeper and I reconnect to my ancestors. And this is the place where I really discover who I am in this particular um, this particular bloodline. So that makes me feel good because there I get answers. I get answers in different places. But 
when it comes to working deeper with self, I get more answers when I'm in an ancestral home. So it makes me feel good to know that there's different places that work energetically for my greater good. And um, I'm pretty sure some of you, and we've had conversations, some of us have had conversations about this, where you go to certain places and it feels right, or you go to certain places and you kind of get reminded of why you left. Um, So it's just a reminder of certain places serve different purposes and they make you feel um, a certain way, whether it's energetically and spiritually or physically or mentally and emotionally. And I invite people next time they travel to kind of sit still where they are and to see how it feels for them when they are there. I know sometimes when we travel, there's so many things to do and there's so many people to see. And sometimes we don't really get a moment of stillness to sit by ourselves. But I promise you, like if you're able to sit still um, at least 30 minutes, no phone, no nothing, and just kind of sit and see how you feel and just kind of reflect on how you feel when you're doing the things you're doing when you're there. I'm sure you'll get the answer similar to I did, um, similar to how I did. So that's another lesson. I want to tell y'all a story. And this story is basically going to talk about why we shouldn't let people influence our brand and our brand alliance. And I know this person may or may not be listening, but the realization to me came while I was here. And I feel like it's relevant to what I've learned since being in the country and since being back home. And um, I would like to share with you all just so you guys can learn from what I went through. So when I first started Spiritual Homegirl, I had some hardcore um, people that have been following me for a while. No problem. All right. I mean, that's great. Thanks for supporting. And this person would find a a page she would have a page and get a new page and we would talk in the dms and things like that and um i know this is gonna sound kind of weird but even though we talked during the dms i didn't consider us as friends i didn't know her entire name i didn't know i didn't have her phone number i couldn't call her we didn't talk super super regularly but it was good vibes i would consider that more of a um an associate type of situation um so with this particular person um and now i think about it I don't think she's ever supported like any type of business thing with spiritual homegirl. She supported the podcast. And I'm not saying that makes her any less of a supportive. I'm just saying um, it wasn't like I knew, like if I could send her a gift, you know, like, hey, thanks for supporting. I couldn't. You know what I'm saying? So she um, had told me about another girl that follows me or followed me at the time. And she was telling me this story about how the girl would try to manipulate her and tell her business and things like that. Mind you. I'm the spiritual homegirl. I get it. People want to talk to me about what happens. Um, so some people talk to me about other followers of mine that I may or may not know, may or may not be cool with, may or may not have relationships with. In this particular situation, I didn't have a relationship with this woman either. Um, I didn't even talk to her as much as I talked to her. It was a really, you know, she follows me. If she responds, I'm not going to be a bitch. I'm going to respond back. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with her. So even though I felt like what that girl did was messed up, I chalked it up as, well, she's telling me her story. No problem. Um, me personally, I don't have an issue with this person because I don't know I, really her or the girl she has a problem with like that. So I'm not going to sit here and, and even though I feel like what she did was messed up, that's not, that's not my business. Like, I'm not going to sit here and kiki with you and talk shit about this girl. I'm not going to sit here and, and put myself or a spiritual homegirl in the middle of anybody's personal business because you follow me and a girl you don't like follow me. So I kind of left that where it was. So the girl is all, you know, we're in my DMs every now and then. No problem. Cool. But the girl she doesn't like um, mentions me and I respond back and we have a very brief uh, surface level conversation um, online. The girl ends up blocking me because I talked to one of the girls that she doesn't like. 
And I say that to say that if you have a personal brand or business, um, don't let anybody try to put you in the middle of no little bullshit they involved with if y'all have mutuals. Like, I don't know her. The girl that she beefing with, I don't even know her like that either. She thinks that I'm going to alley up with her, a woman I don't know, because she wants to tell me voluntarily about a beef she has with a girl that follows me. I'm not putting myself into nobody else's shit because somebody wants me to align with them for whatever reason. I'm not. I'm not going to. I can see if it was a situation if the girl had killed somebody she knew. I can see if it had been a situation where the girl was an abuser. I can see that type of situation. But this was real petty ass shit. And the subtweeting, like I like, I mean, all that stuff. Like, I mean, that's that's none of my motherfucking business. And I just felt like to put my brand in the middle of that and just not talk to somebody that mentions me because you done told me you don't like the girl. I thought that was really foul. Um, especially because that was a one sided situation. I never talked to the other girl about what what was told to me because that wasn't my business and that wasn't my place. So it's really odd for, and I'm just saying just in general, it's odd for people to expect brands that they like and and might support. It's odd to put them in the middle of your bullshit. It's odd. It's weird. It's strange behavior, especially when you don't know the person of and the brand that well. It puts us in a very weird predicament when you tell us something about somebody else. Um, you spill and tea on people that may follow them hoping that they'll pick your side and not talk to that girl. That's a really petty ass thing to do. And I sat on that for a while. I didn't really feel no kind of way about it. Cause it sounds like, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm at this point, it's kind of like I'm for my brand is for whoever needs it at the time. If you don't need it no more, that's fine. I won't be offended. Um, so it's like, you know, I just took it as she got mad. She thought that she wanted, she thought she was going to prevent me from talking to somebody. The girl messages me. She, she wanted me to block her or do whatever, obviously. And since I didn't do that, since I responded to her, she felt the way and she blocked me immediately. And I just think that's very, very, very petty. Um, so I'm just saying, man, like for those that have those brands, be very careful with how you interact with people, because sometimes people will think and create and create this weird scenario that you're supposed to get involved with they shit just because they support you. And that's not fair. That's not fair to us. And it goes back, it even goes beyond personal brands. It goes to your relationships. It goes to friendships. It goes to relationships. It goes to business relationships. Just because we feel a way about somebody and that person has done something, we cannot involve people that we don't have as good of as a relationship with to be an ally. I, I think that's unfair to people. I think it's very unfair. It's almost like you want to throw salt on somebody and you want to make sure that no matter what, they don't get close to them. So you start talking shit about them, especially over petty shit. I just think that's really, I just think that's really unnecessary. So remember, the moral of this story is do not get caught up in nobody else's bullshit, especially if it's drama that that person purposely is telling you about. Not because y'all are close, but because they want to make sure that you don't contact that person or get close. Like that's a game. And we don't have time for games no more. As you see, 2020 is a life or death kind of year. We don't have time to get involved with no petty ass shit because people don't want you to be cool or support other people or, or be friendly or cordial. Like I can see if we was homegirls and it was a really deeper issue, but I didn't know this woman like that. I didn't even know the girl she was beefing with like that. And that shit was just highly unnecessary. So I'm actually glad that I'm blocked because I'm like, I don't like that kind of support anyway. Like if your support is contingent on me getting involved with your drama. I don't even know your last name. I can't call you. I can't send you nothing. I ain't never seen you. Like we don't talk on a regular basis. Like we don't even have that kind of relationship for you to feel like my loyalty should be with you. 
I thought that was really tasteless. I thought it was fucked up. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm just saying, don't let anybody feel like you have to force your loyalty over some shit that you don't know the entire circumstances on. And especially over some petty ass shit. And especially with people that you don't even know. Like, why? Why? Like, don't get me. Don't put me in that situation. I'm here to help everybody. I mean, shit, I probably could have helped the old girl. In terms of maybe rectifying y'all friendship, if I was, if she had been open to letting me do it, I would have been open to that. But I can see if it had been like a homegirl. I need you to mediate something between me and my homegirl. I know y'all know us that well. She hurt me. I kind of want to have the conversation with her. If she was open to having that conversation, I wouldn't have minded facilitating. But in terms of like you telling me something, thinking I'm going to dislike somebody because of what you told me, I don't even know you like that. I think that's, I thought that was kind of out of pocket. Some of y'all may feel a way about that. Some of y'all may not. But I'm just, I've never been a person that's been like, let me put a bug in your ear, hoping you don't like this person because I don't like this person. Especially if I don't even know you like that. It's an agenda. That's a that's intentional salt throwing and hating and shit to make sure that whatever you you don't want your fave to be cool with somebody that you don't like. I just feel like that's an unfair situation to put people in. Especially when they don't even know all the situations. They don't even know the people involved. So yeah, that's another thing that I learned. I just wasn't with that either. Another lesson that I learned is that let me put this water up. Okay, there we go. Another lesson that I learned is that animals are healing. I mean, I knew that already, but um, animals are so dope because they really are tapped in to their their intuitive, sentient nature to where we might get clouded with the everyday struggle or everyday um, hustle and bustle of life. Animals don't really have to deal with that like we do. You know what I mean? Dogs don't worry about technology. Cats don't worry about when bills are due. However, they can sense when you are stressed out about when bills are due or or just when you need some love. Even if you're not even in a bad mood, they just come offering love. And I just think that's so great. If only we as humans were more like animals. I forgot um, how dope my dog was because my dog is with my mom here in Atlanta. And I personally don't think that LA is the best place for my dog because my dog is used to big country yards and quiet nights and I think listening to the ghetto bars of LA and the air patrol when even when there's no crime going on just flying overhead or the fireworks that may be popping in the neighborhood that may not be a best fit for my dog you know what I'm saying so I was cool with leaving my my dog with my mom because I'm like at the end of the day my dog's a loving dog and you know even though I would love to have him in LA with me my mom and them can have him because at the end of the day, he's low-key an extension of me. So that's <laughs> they'll have a piece of me, a little furry version of me at the house. So I'm okay with that. But um, I just highly encourage people, man, if you're able to get around some animals, I know we're in a pandemic and things are um, not super welcoming for visits and things like that. But if you're able to get around some dogs, man, just hug a dog or a cat if the cat lets you. I know cats are shady. Um, but yeah, so I was just saying, just definitely tap in with some animals, man, or just even watch when you're outside, look at the squirrels walk or look at the hummingbirds fly and just kind of connect. You feel me? And people are probably asking, how do you connect? Sometimes you just got to feel it. You can connect when there's a feeling. So, um, you, that may require getting out of your own head, but, um, but definitely tap in and connect however you choose to connect. For me, I identify with certain animals anyway, so it's much easier, but, um, but yeah, so that's another lesson I learned. Also, a big, big, big lesson that I want to share is to save yourself, okay? Save yourself. And the reason why I say save yourself is because I'm seeing a lot of backlash when it comes to celebrities, especially black celebrities in our community, um, speaking on issues in in our our community when it comes to elections and politics and, and policies and what needs to be done. 
I'm gonna keep it all the way real with y'all as I normally do. I personally think that black celebrities should absolutely not be on the forefront when it comes to black issues. I think that they are better suited using their platforms to elevate community leaders that have given their lives, their blood, sweat, tears, financial living um, as well when it comes to um, community matters because they're in the trenches all day, every day. Um, I think that the celebrities would be best suited kind of pushing them or launching them with their platform and say, hey, I'm a person that cares about the community. Here's a person that is here every day that knows what's going on, that can give better context versus taking the entire time to explain things that low key, they kind of can't relate to anymore. Once you hit a certain threshold, yeah, you may be rich, you still may be black, but you're rich. So you may you may be able to understand what it's like to be a black person, but it gets very nuanced when you start speaking about poor issues. You may have been poor, but you're not poor anymore. Poverty is different. It's, it's different here. It's worse. It's much worse because the cost of living has increased and the wages have not. So I think it's fair for celebrities since they are of a different uh, tax bracket. They're not going to be able to relate to our struggle 100% because they are not necessarily struggling for a check or not struggling to pay bills. They're not one check away. I mean, it could be one check away depending on how you manage the money. But, you know, most celebrities don't really portray that to us. Um, it's very, you know, baller uh lavish mansions nice cars nice clothes brand name clothes like italian designers the whole nine so the way we get presented um the way they present themselves to us is not really of a hey i'm working class i'm one check away we don't have that with them um a lot of them are trying to kind of um be leaders and i respect the effort but there's a bunch of leaders here so with that being said there's backlash with that because people feel like there's there's a and I knew this was going to happen, but people feel like certain folks aren't qualified to speak on black issues. And this could probably be in other communities as well that may have this situation happening as well. But um, I know folks are kind of looking for a savior to save us as a people. But I'm just saying, save yourself. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to know what you need better than you. Nobody's more qualified to get what you need for you more than you. And as much as we would like to look for a savior for our community, I don't think it's going to come. And I'm okay with that. I think that's a blessing because that means that you can tap into the power that you might have been ignoring or might not have been as confident about to get the shit done for you. If not for you, for your family. If not for your family, for someone you care about. Um, I think that just the time of I think the time of looking for someone else to use their power um, when it comes to advocating for self. I think we all can advocate for ourselves, provided that we don't have any um, issues or traumas that may prevent us from doing that. Because, you know, sometimes you may have to heal from those traumas to feel more empowered to advocate for yourself. But if you're not in that category waiting for a ice cube or a um, or a ditty to advocate for you as if you're not capable, I think that that's where the save yourself comes in for me. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that save yourself there's different ways to activate everybody has a role to play sometimes it's not out front sometimes people can advocate themselves in different ways sometimes it's done through um, educating themselves on what's going on sometimes it's education on how to grow food how to save money how to um actually educate themselves on a system that kind of created these circumstances that's a good place to start I mean, it's just so many different ways to advocate for self. 
And I just would not like to see people put hope in man because man is flawed, as we know. Beautifully imperfect we are as humans, but we are flawed indeed. And I just would hate for someone to put an emotional or monetary investment in somebody only to be disappointed. You know, I mean, I feel like this. I'd rather bet on myself and fail knowing that I did what I could potentially than put myself or put my faith in someone and then they may possibly disappoint me, too. So that's what I mean when I say save yourself. I know like the whole save yourself thing sounds really like straightforward and oh, well, I can't. Yes, you can. You can. What do you do when someone that you can't depend on anymore is out of the picture for whatever reason? Are you going to not let them? um, Are you going to just not do anything? Are you going to let them hold the power of your future in their hands? Or are you going to say, you know what? I got to bet on me at some point. I got to make this work. I have to do this. And I know some people may be uncomfortable with that idea, but there is nothing more beautiful to me than being responsible for yourself, being able to dictate how you, like I said earlier, advocate and create agency for yourself. There's a big power in that. And I really wish that we all um, understood that. And I mean, some people go understand it on their own terms and that's okay and on their own time, which is fine. But for those that are on the fence right now, you are always going to be your best advocate. Sometimes you may need somebody to advocate for you now, but in terms of a hundred percent of the time, that's where I draw the line. Um, I, again, like I said, sometimes, you know, the journey is fluid. You may not be in a place to advocate for yourself, but when it comes to the up and up for the most part, the majority of the time, we should be in a position to where we advocate for ourselves. And again, there's things that may prevent us from doing so, but those things got to get taken care of at some point. I think when we go through things that cloud our ability to advocate for ourselves, we kind of get into this funk and we just think it's not possible. But it is. At some point, we have to make a move. Do we sit in a funk and do we sit in a situation where we are just thinking that nothing will change and we just kind of let that manifest into a life of um, uneventfulness or, or, or things that are not energetically and spiritually edifying, which in turn turns to things that are not mentally and physically edifying? Or do we say, you know what? I'm here. These are the lessons that I'm here to get. This is the experience that I'm on the journey to have. This is the free will that I've been blessed with to make a, Detroit, make a decision or a choice with. And I'm going to do what I got to do for me. It's harder then having somebody do it for you, it's much easier said than done on top of that. But there is a true sense of power and confidence that comes when you are able to get shit done for you. When you're able to speak your shit and speak your peace for you. There's so much peace in that. It's peace that comes in the end because you realize, damn, I really can do something. For some people, their confidence comes from being in the fire and having to say, damn, I got to get myself out of this. And once they get out of there, they're like, damn, that's a testimony that I can have for the future. Not only for others, but to remind myself, I am capable of getting this done. I am capable of facing adversity. I am capable of dealing with hardship. I'm capable of being resilient. And I'm able to get this done. Things are not easy on the journey. Healing is not easy either. Doing for self and advocating for self is not always easy either. But there is something very empowering about getting that done. So I just wanted to clarify that a little further. Um, I know sometimes general statements can kind of 
rub people the wrong way in terms of, oh, well, what about these people or these people? And it's like, nah, that's, there's, there's, there's nuances. Don't get it twisted. But, but yeah, so. So that has been this week's episode. I just want to do something light. I'm still processing and learning lessons as I, as I continue to sit still and kind of enjoy the slowness of the country and of Atlanta in general. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. Um, don't forget, Libra season is almost over. So we'll be doing a new sun sign challenge for Scorpio season and my Patreon. Definitely tap in at patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl. If you haven't signed up for tribe letter, you can do so in the show notes as well. The difference between um, tribe letter and Patreon is that Patreon gets exclusive content. Tribe letter doesn't. Um, tribe letter is more of a way I can tap in with you guys off of social media. Um, and I don't have to worry about engagement and algorithms and stuff and i just i don't know i don't have to worry about that um also patreon members i'm gonna start dropping discount codes in patreon for merchandise as i'm going to launch the store it's time to launch the store anyway um i just love gregorian fall because um gregorian fall is when spiritual homegirl started so it's always a time of newness for me so I really enjoy it. So it will be time to drop that very soon. So stay tuned for that as well. But I decided to give the Patreon members um, discounts as they're, they're, they're paying for exclusive content. So it's like, why not find a way to give back to them and start throwing discounts for the store? So I'm really excited about that. And um, what else is going on? I already explained Tribe Letter. I already explained the Patreon. Um, the this podcast is still going. I have ideas. It's a February of 2021. So I will be working on a lot of ideas. Um, some of you guys have hit me up in my email. They've given me ideas. Thank you so much. feels good to feel like, you know, there's it's a co-creation process. Thank y'all. And I'm working on this book cover. I'm really picky about this cover. So I'm seeking out some graphic designers. And once I get my cover done that i launched the book and as soon as i launch the book i will let y'all know so y'all can pre-order and tap in with your girl i'm actually writing four books so this is book number one of four um i have another book that's completed again i want to make sure that the cover looks right and it will go from there so i'm really excited spiritual homegirl the author super duper excited but yeah i don't want to hold you guys too long um i know some of y'all probably getting ready to watch the debate which is um, gonna be one hell of a shit show. Um, and um, <laughs> it is. Let's keep it a thousand, bruh. Oh my god, politics is a mess. Oh my god. Anyway, but that's it, y'all. Um, and remember, this is another episode of the Spirit Your Own Girl podcast. Remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, save yourself. Okay, love y'all. Peace.